بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Honorable ulama, respected elders, brothers, mothers and sisters Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh The beginning point of every human being is ignorance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum la ta'lamuna shay'a That Allah had extracted you from the wombs of your mothers whilst you did not know a single thing. The word shay'a as explained in Arabic grammar in this particular context, in this particular ayah, refers to something of an indefinite nature. Meaning when a person was born, he did not know a single thing, let alone knowing anything, his faculties of knowledge was not even developed yet. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Thereafter, Allah wa Taala had developed your hearing, Allah had developed your eyesight, Allah had developed and prepared your heart, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ In order for you to show gratitude for these bounties by acquiring beneficial knowledge. The great scholar, Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, would say, تَعَلَّمْ تَعَلَّمْ فَلَيْسَ الْمَرْءُ يُولَدُ عَالِمًا that acquire knowledge, go out and seek knowledge, learn something new every day. Because no person was born an alim. No person was born a knowledgeable person. Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an would say that every single day that passes, when the sun rises and the sun sets in the evening, I have but two regrets every day that passes. And that is during that day that had passed, neither my knowledge nor my good actions have increased for the day. And this was a sahabi, one of the closest and most knowledgeable companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is said to say that in our case, months if not years can pass by and it does not even move us an inch that our knowledge had not increased. The month of Ramadan, we begin it with the zeal and enthusiasm that I'm going to, this is the month that I'm going to make the change. This is the month that I'm going to learn more about my deen. But the minute the month of Ramadan completes and is done, we see a decline not only in our ibadat, not only in our connection with Allah Rabbul Izzah, but we see a decline in that enthusiasm and zeal to want to learn more about my deen. And speaking of which, the beautiful month, is but three months away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to witness the beautiful month of Ramadan. Ameen. The great scholar Al-Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah mentions that I recall during one of the hajj that I had performed that I had made five errors when it came to the etiquettes of hajj and these errors were noted to me and directed to me by a barber. Imam Abu Hanifa says that when I wanted to come out of Ihram, when I had completed the certain rituals of Hajj, I went to the barber in order to shave my head. And we know that this is the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So I approached the Baba and I asked him that how much will it cost for me to shave my head? And the Baba said that this is the season of Hajj. This is the time of Hajj. We don't worry about money during the time of Hajj. If you want to give something, you can give something. So Imam Abu Hanifa says that I began to feel shy. That this is something I should have known. That during the month of Hajj or during the time of Hajj, and especially in that vicinity, there is no need to enter contracts. So Imam Abu Hanifa says that in a hurry, I then sat down. The Baba then told me that, Oh Imam, you know better than myself that it is better for you to face the Qibla when this, continue, when this action is happening. Imam Abu Hanifa says that my shyness increased upon shyness. Thereafter, in a hurry once again, I unintentionally pointed the Baba to the left-hand side of my head. The Baba then tells Imam Abu Hanifa, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُحِبُّ التَّيَمُّنَ فِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ O Imam, you know very well that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved to begin with the right-hand side when it came to most things. Now we can well imagine how red in the face Imam Abu Hanifa must be getting at this point. So Imam Abu Hanifa thinks to himself that I think it's better I just remain silent. I'd rather not say anything. At that point, the Baba says, Oh Imam, you are in the you are in Ihram, you are continuing with the rituals of Hajj. You should make takbir. Say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. Imam Abu Hanifa says, I'm caught out once again, and he begins making takbir. After the Baba completes shaving the head of Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahimahullah, he then stands up and wishes to proceed. So the Baba tells him, where are you going, Imam? So Imam Abu Hanifa says, I'm going to return to the camp. The Baba says that, why don't you offer two raka'at of salah first, then you may continue. Imam Abu Hanifa does so, and after he makes salam on his left-hand side, he stands up and he asks the Baba, that where have you acquired these finer points of hajj that I myself have engaged in study and have dedicated my life to study, yet you are here teaching me today, which I, and I'm so appreciative of that fact. And on that point, I say that it is due to these finer points and following these finer etiquettes of Hajj and Umrah that we will then experience the resultant factor that Rasulullah said, any person that completes Hajj when he returns home, he returns home as clean and as pure as the day that his mother had given birth to him. Let alone the finer details, many a time we say, it's just a formality. We don't have to. We don't have to spend the night in Mina. We can spend a portion of the night and then we can go sleep in a comfortable bed. We don't have to do this and we don't have to do that. And we look for loopholes. And yet when we come home, we beg to wonder that why do I not see a spiritual increase or a spiritual difference after completing one of the greatest pillars of Islam. So the Baba tells Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, that I attended the gatherings. Every day I would attend the gatherings of the great scholar, Ata ibn Abi Rabah, rahimahullah, who, I remind you, was one of the grand students of Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, and who was also that person who lived for 20 years in the Masjid of Makkah Mukarramah in Al-Masjid Al-Haram. The lessons from the story... Firstly, we should always be in the mode of acquiring beneficial knowledge from every correct path of thought. We should never think that this, can, this, this is not a learning experience for me. 
or I don't need to open my heart and open my mind to what this person is about to tell me. Yes, we need to be careful who, from whom we acquire knowledge from. On that point, I remind you of the incident of Al-Imam Al-Bukhari Rahimahullah. And we know that Imam Bukhari Rahimahullah is responsible for compiling one of the most or the most authentic book of a hadith and the most authentic book after the Quran Kareem. The blessed words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam compiled by Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. But what was the, 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 the scrupulous or what was the nature of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah when he came to scrutinizing from whom he had taken knowledge from? So on one occasion, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah travels on months on end to reach a person that he hears about having some affiliation with hadith. That I know this person or I have heard that this person knows some hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I will go and I will learn something from him. When he goes to the man, he says, let me watch him from a distance. And this man was seeing to his horse at the time, and his horse had run away from him. So in order to try and bring the horse back to him, the man had lifted his shirt to try and <coughs> show the horse that he had some bali with him, so that the horse would then approach him. After a while, the horse comes to the man, and Imam Bukhari rahimahullah goes to this particular individual and he asks him that, did you really have any bali under your shirt? So the man replies to Imam Bukhari rahimahullah that no, I didn't have any bali, I just wanted to bring the horse closer to me. And Imam Bukhari rahimahullah said that I will not take words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from a man that tries to deceive animals. Because if he has the capacity of trying to deceive an animal, he might just deceive me. The second lesson that we learn is that many a time after acquiring some basic Islamic knowledge, we tend to contaminate it with ill intention. We tend to contaminate it with ill thoughts, with ill actions. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in a hadith, مَنْ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمَ لِيُجَارِيَ بِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ أَوْ لِيُمَارِيَ بِهِ السُّفَهَاءِ أَوْ يَصْرِفَ بِهِ وُجُوهَ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِ any person that acquires knowledge with any one of the three intentions, either he tries to equip himself with some knowledge, and I'll give you the literal translation, so that he may want to ride with the ulama, so that he can move with the ulama, so that he can go into the ulama tent at the ijtima. Maybe that's his intention, that he wants to always be around the ulama. I want to be part of their discussions. I want to know what, they, what they're talking about. Or he has an intention that I want to equip myself with some knowledge so that I can bully a person that doesn't know what I'm, what I'm talking about. So that I can try and fool a person that may have not heard that particular hadith or the tafsir or the, of that particular ayah of the Quran. Or worse than that, he acquires some knowledge in order for him to divert the attention of people toward him. In other words, he, he, he craves the spotlight. He wants to always be in the spotlight. If a person acquires knowledge with any one of these intentions, then Allah will admit that person into the hellfire. May Allah protect us all. On that note, we mentioned to you about the great scholar of Islam, Imam Malik rahimahullah. Imam Ash-Shafi'i rahimahullah says about Imam Malik rahimahullah, that if Imam Malik and if Sufyan ibn Uyayna rahimahumallah 
were not here, then the knowledge of Hijaz, the knowledge of the area of Mecca, Mukarrama, Medina, Munawwara would have vanished and would have disappeared. Imam Malik rahimahullah was a resident of Medina Munawwara where he had spread his illustrious knowledge to the inhabitants of Medina Munawwara and obviously it had spread far and wide. Imam Al-Dhahabi rahimahullah would say that there remains no scholar in Medina Munawwara after the Tabi'een comparable to Imam Malik rahimahullah. No person can compare to the knowledge, the, juris, the knowledge of jurisprudence, the eminence, the particular nature of Imam Malik rahimahullah when he came to accepting whom he had taken knowledge from and at the same time the vastness of his knowledge. Now relating to Imam Malik rahimahullah and this is important that once a person approached Imam Malik rahimahullah and he told Imam Malik rahimahullah that I have traveled all the way from Marrakesh I have traveled all the way from Marrakesh to come to Medina Munawwara and I have come with the questions of the people of Marrakesh in order for you to answer them. And Imam Malik rahimahullah then looks at the person, he listens to the question, and what does he say? That go back to your people and tell them that I did not know the answer. And tell them that I did not know the answer. Wallahi brothers, we read one WhatsApp message. Dot, dot, dot. We read one WhatsApp message. We listen to one Jumu'ah bayan. What's even more sadder, we listen to a portion of the Jumu'ah Bayan and then we feel that we are in a position to make certain, to utter sentiments and to utter statements against people who may have dedicated their life to knowledge. And from the life of Imam Malik rahimahullah, we can certainly take an example and take a lesson from. Imam Malik rahimahullah in one case was asked 48 questions. Out of the 48 questions, he replied to 32 of them, I don't know. Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. And thirdly, what we learn from this incident of Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, is that true knowledge results in two things. It results in firstly the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it results in respect. Both giving and earning respect. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu would say that kafa bil mar'i ilman an yakhshallah that it is sufficient for a person to acquire enough knowledge for him to have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that little bit of ignorance that can take a person toward wanting more fame for himself, for him to be more pleased with his actions and more pleased with the amount of knowledge that he has, that is enough ignorance for a person. Once a lady came to Sayyiduna Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, and she complained that her brother had passed away he had left behind 600 dirhams and she as his sister only received one dirham at that point Imam Malik uh, uh, Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu responds then well he must have left behind a mother a spouse two daughters 12 brothers and one sister is that correct? So the lady was shocked. She said that, Oh, Khalifatul Islam, Oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, how did you know? So Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anh says that I just did the calculation. The sharpness and the accuracy of the mathematical knowledge of Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anh, the spur of the moment he gave the answer. So, Imam, so Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anh responds that if he left behind a mother, 
then she would receive one-sixth of his estate. As Allah mentions in Quran, So one-sixth of 600 dirhams means 100 dirhams will go to her and there's 500 dirhams remaining. If he left behind two daughters, then the two daughters will receive two-thirds of the estate. فَإِن كُنَّ نِسَاءً فَوْقَ اثْنَتَيْنِ فَلَهُنَّ ثُلُثَا مَا تَرَكَ So two-thirds of 600 dirhams, 400 goes to them. There's only 100 dirhams remaining. He left behind a wife, and obviously there were two daughters. We learned that in the presence of children, the wife will receive one-eighth of the estate of the husband after he passes away. One-eighth of 600 dirhams will work out to 75 dirhams. That means there are just 25 dirhams remaining. If there were 12 brothers, then we learn by the Quranic verse, that the male needs to receive double of what the female would receive in the distribution of the estate. If there are 12 brothers, that means each of them will receive two dirhams, which will be equal to 12 times 2 equals 24. That means there's one dirham remaining and that one dirham comes to you, O my sister. So the lady was satisfied with the answer given by Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, and she proceeded. On another occasion, two men were traveling and they decided to sit on the side of the road and partake of some meals. So one man had given five loaves of bread and the other man had given three loaves of bread. There was a traveler that was passing by them. So the two people had invited the traveler to eat with them. He ate with them after he had completed meals. With them, he felt it only right to leave some sort of recompense and leave some sort of appreciation. So he leaves behind eight dinars. When they want to distribute these eight dirhams or eight, uh, eight dirhams between themselves, so not dinars, dirhams, the man who had given the five loaves of bread said that let's split it equally. We can take, or rather, let, let us split it five and three, because I've given five loaves of bread, you've given three loaves of bread, so let's split up the money five and three. So the man says that, no, no, no. He ate from both of us, we need to split the money equally. It's four and four. And they continue arguing until they say, let us go to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, the mathematical genius. They come to Ali radiallahu an, and Ali tells the one who had given three loaves of bread, that if I were you, I'd take the three dirhams because it's actually more than what you need to receive. So the man is confused. He says, but how is it? Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh says, you only need to receive one dirham. Come on, Amirul Mu'mineen, I'm fighting for three. You only want to give me one. So Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh says, let us work this out. If there were three of you and you claim that the three of you had eaten equally, in order for you to say that you have eaten eight loaves of bread equally between the three of you, you need to divide those eight loaves equally. In order to do so, we know eight can't be divided by three. So you go to the next factor of eight, which is 16. Can 16 be divided into three? And now we, we might be tugging at those. We might be try, trying to blow off some dust or we might be trying to uh, uh, maybe be scaring you with some of the horrible memories of matric or whatever it may be. But 16 obviously cannot be divided by 3. So we go a further factor forward and we see 24 can be divided into 3 in exactly, eight, in exactly the number 8. So the man with 5 loaves, if you look at the amount of pieces that he contributed, we say 5 multiplied by 3, he had contributed 18 pieces. 
And the man who had contributed three loaves of bread in terms of pieces, he had contributed nine pieces. Three by three equals nine. And if you claim this man had eaten equally, that means you all need to have eaten eight pieces. The man who gave nine, he ate eight. That means one had gone to the traveler. And the person who had contributed 15, he ate his eight. They remain seven. So in order to distribute it in that way, seven dirhams to the man who had given five loaves of bread and one dirham to the man that had given three loaves of bread. If the calculation was a bit confusing, we can always go to the recording on the live streaming afterward. But the point is to direct you toward the intelligence of Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anh on the spur of the moment. And on that note, I feel it's very important for you to remember the statistics of the year 2019 when it came to the amount of students that had written mathematics in matric. There was a decrease of about 47 to 50,000 students that had written matric, maths in matric of 2018 and 2019. There was a decline in our country we are speaking of. Of the 222,000 students that wrote matric and that wrote maths in matric last year, a staggering 54% passed. And I remind you that the pass rate is, the pass rate is, come brothers, we can, sh we can say it, let's not be so shy, it is 30%. The pass rate is 30%. Of the 54% that passed maths, 2% acquired distinctions. So that is the state that we currently see the students when it comes to secular knowledge. And as Muslims, we should no longer rely on the famous works of Ibn Sina rahimahullah being known as the father of medicine. And we should no longer just rely on the efforts and the work of Muhammad ibn Musa al-Khawarizmi, who is known as the father of algebra. Yes, they have dedicated and they had made efforts and advancements in these particular fields. But we ourselves, moving forward, need to equip ourselves with sufficient knowledge so that we can have the person who finds a cure for cancer sitting in this particular masjid. So that we have a person that can perhaps help the economy of our country because of certain efforts that he makes in this particular masjid that we are seated in today. But now that brings us to one more important aspect and we will conclude, conclude on this. Currently there is a notion in the world that you should throw yourself into secular education, throw yourself into acquiring secular knowledge. And when we get some time, we'll try and learn something about deen as well. That is the current and sad notion in the world today. If we wish to see the Muslim ummah flourishing once again, we need to reverse this particular notion into what the original notion was. And that is throwing yourself in dini knowledge and acquiring and succeeding in secular education as well. Imam Ghazali rahimahullah once said to his student, وَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ عِلْمًا لَا يُبَعِّدُكَ الْيَوْمَ عَنِ الْمَعْصِيَةِ لَنْ يُبَعِّدَكَ عَنِ النَّارِ غَدًا That know very well, my dear student, that any piece of knowledge that does not distance you from sinning today, any piece of knowledge that does not distance you from sinning today will not distance you from the fire tomorrow. It will not distance you from the fire tomorrow. And know very well, oh my student, that if you were to author a thousand books, if you were to sit in a thousand gatherings, if you were to recite and read a hundred thousand books of knowledge, but you do not practice on anything that you learn, in order to gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
then you will never attain success. On that note, I remind you of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But before the hadith, the incident of Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiallahu an. Abu Huraira radiallahu an goes to the marketplace. And he tells the people that, Oh people, why are you here in the marketplace? What are you doing? Do you not know that the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is being distributed at the masjid? The minute people heard inheritance, that they did a little equation in their head that equals dirhams and dinars, gold coins and silver coins, the moolah, the cash, the money. So they go to the masjid. After a while, they return to the marketplace. Abu Huraira radiallahu an sees they have a dejected look on their face. Very sad, very downtrodden. What's wrong, people? So the people reply that, Oh, Abu Huraira, you told us that there's distribution of inheritance happening at the masjid. We didn't find anything gold, nor anything silver. Abu Huraira radiallahu an says, Tell me what you saw. So the people say, We saw some people performing salah. We saw some people reciting Quran. And we saw a group of people that were discussing things that are halal and haram, aspects of halal and haram in deen, relating to the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Abu Huraira radiallahu an says that that is the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in a hadith that the ulama, the knowledgeable people, those people that go out to seek deen knowledge, they are the inheritors of the estate of the Anbiya salam. But what do they inherit? They don't inherit dirham or dinar. They don't inherit dollars and rands. But they inherit this ilm, this deeni ilm that will be ultimate guidance to the obedience and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once we reverse the notion that we need to equip ourselves with our deen, our deeni knowledge, and at the same time flourish and succeed in secular knowledge, that is when this ummah will start progressing. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us all with beneficial knowledge. We wish all the students in schools the, the best of the academic year of 2020. Any of the students that are going to university, we wish you all the, well, uh, all the best as well. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to always make it such that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala grants you beneficial knowledge. And this is a very important dua that we learn from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a. Oh Allah, we seek and we beseech from you beneficial knowledge. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina Muhammad. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله 
أشهد أن محمد رسول الله عليه الصلاة Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Walaqibatu Lil Muttaqeen, Wala Udwana Illa Alad Zalimin, Wassalatu Wassalamu Alal Mabaruthi Rahmatan Lil Alameen, Sayyidina Wahhabibina Wasanadina Wamaulana Muhammad, Wala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Waman Tabiahum Bi Ihsanin Ila Yomiddin, Allahumma Salli Wasallim Wabarik Wazid Wa An'im Wataraham Watahannan Ala Nabiyina Wasayyidina Wamaulana Muhammad, وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعلم آدم الأسماء كلها ثم عرضهم على الملائكة فقال أنبئوني بأسماء هؤلاء إن كنتم صادقين قالوا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وقال تعالى أولئك الذين آتيناهم الكتاب والحكم والنبوة وقال تعالى كما أرسلنا فيكم رسولا منكم يتلو عليكم آياتنا ويزكيكم ويعلمكم الكتاب والحكمة ويعلمكم ما لم تكونوا تعلمون وقال تعالى وقل رب زدني علما وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام خيركم من تعلم القرآن وعلمه وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام طلب العلم فريضة على كل مسلم وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له طريقا إلى الجنة وإن الملائكة لتضع أجنحتها لطالب العلم رضا بما يصنع وإن العالم ليستغفر له من في السماوات ومن في الأرض حتى الحيتان في الماء وفضل العالم على العابد كفضل القمر على سائر الكواكب 
وإن العلماء ورثة الأنبياء إن الأنبياء لم يورثوا دينارا ولا درهما إنما ورثوا العلم فمن أخذه أخذ بحظ وافر وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام من يرد الله به خيرا يفقهه في الدين وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام فضل العالم على العابد كفضلي على أدناكم وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام من طلب العلم ليجاري به العلماء أو ليماري به السفهاء أو يصرف به وجوه الناس إليه أدخله الله النار أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله لنا ونكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر رؤوف رحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرًا ونذيرًا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئًا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليمًا اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وفي رواية معمر عن قتادة مرسلا وأقضاهم علي وأفرضهم زيد بن ثابت وأقرأهم أبي بن كعب وأعلمهم بالحلال والحرام معاذ بن جبل ولكل أمة أمين وأمين هذه الأمة أبو عبيدة بن الجراح رواه أحمر الترمذي وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا اللهم احفظه في ولده رواه الترمذي رضوان الله تعالى عنهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين وعن عبد الله بن مغفل رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله الله في أصحابي الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم ومن آذاهم فقد آذاني ومن آذاني فقد آذى الله ومن آذى الله فيوشك أن يأخذه رواه الترمذي ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخوان 
إخواننا المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل هذا البلد آمنا مطمئنا وسائر بلاد المسلمين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قوموا لله قانتين there are straight in the sufuf and show we are standing shoulder to shoulder with our heels on the line. Brothers that are in the courtyard of the masjid can make their way inside. There is still ample space inside the masjid on the right hand and left hand flanks. Let us all move forward so that we, so that we can accommodate for the brothers that are still in the courtyard. Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in Ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim Ghayri al-maghdubi alayhim سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى 
ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك من الخير كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم ونعوذ بك من الشر كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عنا يصيفون 
وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين